1: Welcome to the Tea with Bree. I'm your host, Bree. Thanks for listening. The Tea with Bree podcast is focused on deep, honest, and vulnerable conversation. Each week, I sit down with a different guest in order to have those conversations. Every week, we'll start with my guest's bio, and intro into how we know each other, and then we'll go into a deep dive conversation about whatever topic they brought to me that week. This week, I'm joined by my guest, Sydney Green. Sydney Green, he uses she or her pronouns, is a zillennial <laughs> social media manager, and freelance writer based in Austin, Texas. Currently, Sydney is the digital content manager at Advocates for Youth, where she runs the organization's social media and digital content strategy and helps manage creative partnerships, digital campaigns, and more. Previously, Sydney worked in the youth organizing space in Texas, where she led the digital program at Deeds, Not Words. And prior to that, Sydney was a journalist who covered breaking news and politics at publications, including USA Today, the Arizona Republic, Teen Vogue, and more. When she's not strategizing on campaigns or creating sex ed memes, you can find Sydney at a local thrift store, cooking, watching a Disney Channel original movie, or scrolling on TikTok so she can remain the cool Black auntie for young people. (sighs) Hello, my friend. That's me.
0: (laughs) I'm Sydney Green and you're watching Disney Channel. See, See, that's what I literally wanted when I was growing up. I wanted to be that person because I thought that I was going to be the next raven Simone. So, what's that? So I, I, I wasn't
1: because you're not. I'm glad we're not because that girl got really some, and you had to work some yes. things out. Um, yeah. I, my first crush ever was Taj Mori.
0: Oh my gosh. A I cutie. Know. So, a true cutie.
1: when Smart Guy came out on Disney, you couldn't tell me yeah. nothing. I was, and then, and then he was like a Disney Channel star. Like the amount of Disney Channel movies Taj Mori was in, unmatched. Ton, so it's the ton. hell I die on that Taj Mahal was the original Prince of Disney channel. So bye. Oh, I love it. Shia <laughs> LaBeouf <laughs> who? Cause don't, don't do mine. Don't do my,
0: don't do my <sighs> mans. Mm-mm, no, we're not even going to unpack that. <laughs> don't do my Don't do mine. <laughs> okay. Don't do my Don't man's. do Taj like that. No, 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 Not. Oh, not, I'm so
1: excited to be here. You know, it has been a long time coming. Um, for those of you who don't know, Sydney and I have been friends. For years now, and I think yes. we—the first time we met was at the panel you moderated, the body positivity.
0: Oh, that was uh, the I first forgot time we met. That. That's how we met. Oh my gosh, that feels like a fever dream. Like that wasn't—it was real life. It's real life, like three years ago. <laughs>
1: legitimately, not even three years ago. What, two, oh my
0: goodness, two three years? I think that was um, 2019.
1: Yeah, yeah, because it was before. It was right before the pandemic right back when we had hopes and dreams and mm-hmm. life life was not a mm-hmm. cluster um but yeah <laughs> and then we've done work together since between you know yes. bo- boss bays, which is now future fronts, and mm-hmm. now I'm upset because Sydney's moving and I can't even talk <laughs> about it so I'm literally <laughs> devastated you're like one of my favorite oh. people and I'm like <laughs> what supposed to do
0: now Oh my goodness. I feel I feel like I'm very hot and cold. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to leave behind a lot of people, but I'm also very excited to it's, it's fly spooky. away.
1: You can always move back. We'll be here. Just, I, I have feelings that I need to <laughs> figure out. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited to talk to you today. One, because mm. I feel like you and I always have similar hot takes. So I feel like that's the <laughs> basis of our friendship. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> then also the topic you picked is a one that is very relevant right now talking about, you know, reproductive justice. And then Mm -hmm. also, I always love the sort of outlook you give that is very similar to mine of every time something big and tragic happens in Texas, people just try to Mm -hmm. throw the whole state away. And you're like, No, no, there are people who live here who are not conservatives who are trying to stay here and do this work. So Yes, yes. I just we'll wanna... talk all about that. <laughs> yeah, so let's pl- please let's just dive in because <laughs> I didn't even know you had a new job last time I heard you were still at deeds, which love deeds, but excited for yeah. this new role and you know, yeah, dude, just, just killing it. So,
0: oh, thank you. Thank tell, you. Tell me about your new job. Yeah, I've been with advocates for like, yeah, I've been with advocates for like maybe about a year, a year and two months. About like, I just celebrated, I know it's been. It's been weird. It was like I got the job during the pandemic. So I've never like met my coworkers before. So they're literally like a figment of my imagination. Um, it's a very, very like wild thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I've been with them for a year and they're based out of DC. And they're kind of similar to Deeds in the sense that they work with young people. Um, But we work with young people more on like a national scale. So young people around the country and really globally, um, I work on the domestic team, so I'm not on the international team, but we work with young people um, who are organizing around sexual and reproductive health rights and justice throughout the U.S. So it's a fun job. I'm on the comms team. So, I mean, you know how comms works. Um, You're always on it. Um, You're kind of like the backbone (laughs) of everything, even though people you know, try to say that comms isn't, it is, you need comms if you're running mm-hmm. a campaign or really running anything, anything. Um, when it comes to advocacy, politics, whatever. So I'm on the comms team and yeah, I love it. I get to be creative in my job, which is something I really value um, because outside of my job and my professional life, I'm just a naturally like creative person. So I'm really fortunate enough that I can like flex those muscles at work. And I love working with young people. Like, I'm still a baby myself, but it is like really cool to work with like people who are like 16 and 17 who know so much more than I did. Oh my gosh. Um, So much. The kids are all right. So much. It's, they will be all right. They are like so passionate. They're always just like dropping these terms. And I'm like, what? I didn't know about that when I was your age. So it is, it's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, I worked at a youth org and it's all like just the conversations they were having they were just like mm, okay and it was just it's 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 so funny like they just have like no inhibitions around talking about anything ever and I'm like um no how do you do
0: this like how are you just <laughs> so cool all the time so right they're just cool and the- they're like cooler than i am which hurts <laughs>
1: and i'm always like i don't feel like it's the next generation's job to save us but I'm like the kids are going to save us like this next generation just has no fucks to give they have no right. sympathies
0: at all like you ruin this we're gonna fix it goodbye get out of here like and i like they're willing to get their hands dirty and that's something that i really love about them um and like you said like, they're unapologetic about you know their passions and what they're going after and i think that it's definitely needed um but yeah, I'm just like, things seem like shit right now because sometimes they are shit. And I think that's okay to admit that, that mm-hmm. sometimes what's going on can just be absolute shit and you want to give up. But yeah, they definitely, I'm like, okay, it's bad right now, but they're gonna, they're gonna help us.
1: Yeah. 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 I love that. Sorry. I'm also th- thinking about another thing I want to talk to you about my brain just yeah, hit, but it's not <laughs> relevant to this conversation. But it kind of is. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm a book, you know this. <laughs> and now I feel like we're going to talk about one thing and then just slide into another thing. And okay, the thing I'm thinking about right now, and I can always take it out. But yeah. I met this dude last night. Uh-huh. For sake of the story, he is a white cis hetero guy. Okay, it's important to the story. That's. Fair. Um, I went to a fundraiser for a nonprofit here in town. I mm-hmm. won't spill the beans because it's not. That's not relevant to the story. Um, mm-hmm. but lots of money in this room. They raised like a quarter of a million in like 15 minutes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So money. That's a lot. Money. Yeah. Um, but it was like lovely to see a lot of black people in that space. So that was really nice. Um, nice rare for Austin. I mean, <laughs> truly. Um, so anyway, so I met him. I sat at one of the table. I said the table I sat at was for a board member who's on the who's on the board um i was invited to sit at her table my friend was organizing it and she's like we have a chair open i know you love a gala i was like you're not wrong so i went i sit next to him we talked all night very attractive (laughs) where he told me like a lot about his life he's 36 super tall his body is fantastic blah 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 nice told me that he just sold his house and goes i sold my house and i don't want you to judge me when i tell you where i moved i'm like Okay, we just met, so you don't know if I'm gonna judge you or not. Number first red flag, I was willing to overlook because this man was fine. <laughs> he told me that he purchased a condo on Rainy at 36 years old. Thank you. <laughs> I know, Sydney, I know. Ooh. Okay, me. This man is fine. I'm like, you know what? I'm not trying to marry him. I'm just, you know, just just gotta have a ho tation yes. for the winter time. And that's what we love. We yes. love we love we love options. <laughs> Then this morning he follows me on Instagram. I follow him back. Mm-hmm. Then he starts posting to his stories. And oh God! It gets worse. He's essentially apparently the the Wall Street Journal was talking about how they are trying to pay immigrants mm-hmm. the the family of member the family members of immigrants yeah four hundred and something thousand dollars. Um, right. For 2018, when we literally had people in jail, like people in cages. Yes. And he literally just writes, "No, you <sighs> you came here illegally, and now you also <gasps> want to get paid." And then he goes, "Perspective: A fallen soldier's family only gets 400k." And then on the next slide, like he doubled down. The next slide was like, "And if you want to discuss it with me, how you feel like this is right, go for it." And I was like. Ugh. I should have
0: known.
1: Oh, should have Lord. known. A tall white man in a room full of money. I should have. Jesus, take the wheel. No better. So take I just want Take it wanted, from me, please. I just wanted you to know what I'm mourning the relationship that could have happened with me and this white man, and I could have taken all his money. That is so
0: sad. Reparations. Um, reparations. Absolutely. I am obviously for reparations and scamming um, white people. Surely. Feel free to keep that in. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know what? I think like that is like a perfect. Like metaphor for austin (laughs) it's like you meet someone and like they're white but it's austin so you you have hopes so you know you're kind of like you know what i'm i'm dealing with the cards that i was dealt but i feel like it's also like a 50 50 like in austin
1: it could be either there's different ways like you could be a white progressive who is literally like protesting every day fighting for every for right. equality for everyone then you have the want the sometimes progressives you're like well i want everyone to have the right to vote but i also like don't want immigrants here like you can't have it both
0: ways you like, can't you do that can't
1: literally like delete people experiencing homelessness <laughs> and then you have yeah. the vehement conservatives who just live here because they are tech or real estate folks you're like well yeah so did you know that i was mourning the relationship i could have had with this tall ass dude he's like six wow. five Ugh. six five oh well, thank god that's I'm that's not- a waste of space <laughs> oh i love a tall man mm.
0: that's wild well the rainy street condo was a flag but that was
1: a, it was a red flag and the way i was willing to ignore it just i was like i just want to sleep with this man like i don't want <laughs> anything of substance but
0: that's valid though that's valid so you know what i you get a pass. You tried. And that's Thank all that
1: matters. I, tr- I literally <laughs> tried. And I text my best friend. She goes, could you overlook this? I go, no. Because now I know he has an opinion. Like, I just wanted you to be dumb. And See, just not. And just be dumb and say. wealthy. Just be dumb and wealthy. And then wow. just never speak. Anywho, that was on the top of we're talking about. I just had to tell you. It was like, Sydney will I appreciate it. this. Cause... I will. I do
0: appreciate those stories.
1: <laughs> but it's literally like, I think this does tie in. Because it's like doing this work in Austin mm-hmm. as black women mm-hmm. who are asked to show up constantly and do all this stuff. And then also on the other end, like, I think people forget that we're actually people. Like, I think people just yes. see us at all these things at protests and the work that we do. And it's just like, well, you're just going to always do this. Like I literally had someone when I was thinking about moving, they're like you can't move. Who's going to do all this protesting stuff. I go, I'm sorry, <laughs> are your legs broken? Like <laughs> you can move. Just like I can move my love. Like, But it's just like black women are constantly expected to show up and forgive so much and explain so much. And, you know, I had a new friend of mine last week. I have a thing like if you ask me a question, I'm fine. But I also need people to like my a lot of my friends know, like I need them to text me. Hey, are you in the space to have this conversation? That was not this text. This text was, hey, I'm hey, I need you need your help with this question. Now mind you, I didn't respond because I was doing something. So it's like four to four back-to-back texts in less than a minute, which annoys me to no end. Yes. So it's hi. I need your help trying to have this conversation with someone. I'm trying to win this argument, and I was like, okay, whatever. And I, it was along the lines of privilege and this my friend was having an argument with someone they know like privilege and how you know essentially like uh, in my brain like the wrong side of the conversation like they were reaching out to me to have this conversation with them and i mm-hmm. said so if you're trying to win an argument i have nothing like if this person isn't willing to listen i'm not going to waste my time doing this i'm like here's some links you can send to them because that's a free resource and
0: yeah. i go but if
1: you or this person would like to hire me at my consulting rate that's also fine because <laughs> <laughs> What we're not finna do is free labor on a Friday afternoon at 4 30. Friday afternoon. We can't do that. Let no, let no, no, me no. Slide it into my text asking for help to argue with no. 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 that That it's a no for me, dog. <laughs> it is a hell no for me.
0: Um Wow. But yeah. I just, I just yeah. I compl- I do relate to that story. And like that's something I've definitely noticed. And honestly, one of the reasons why I've really I've like dialed back a lot in the past few months in terms of how many times I show up and who for, Mm -hmm. um, because I have, like, I ran myself into the ground doing a lot of stuff ever since I moved to Austin. And really since I was in college, like I worked all through college, um, to support myself. And when I graduated college, I moved to Austin All I knew was work. And so like boots hit the ground and I was working. And when I moved from journalism to advocacy, that's when I really saw like what you're talking about right now, where people it was just like this huge like rush where a lot of people would just like, you know, dump a whole bunch of stuff on me. And there was never like a question, hey, like, are you okay, Or do you have the capacity to take this on? Or, hey, like, I see you doing this, but how can I help you carry this mm-hmm. other thing? Um, and so I think that that's something that, yeah, I just completely relate to. And it's exhausting, especially. And Austin's a super white city. Um, and so I feel like being Black in Austin, you automatically, like, you, <laughs> I mean, it's a cliche, but you really do stick out like a sore thumb. Mm-hmm. And so, like, when people see you, like, in a certain space, like an adv- advocacy in politics, like you are, people are just like okay who are you what are you doing and how can you help me and blah 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 blah. so yeah it's definitely it can be a lot sometimes
1: yeah and it's like you're saying it's the show up and show up constantly and then also show up and not show you're exhausted like the amount of time people are like expecting me to show up and just be like all hunky-dory and everything's fine like i'm so fucking tired Mm. And they're like wait what mm. i'm like i've hit 13 protests this week i had an interview this morning like you're not allowed as an activist specifically as a black activist a black woman activist a black queer woman activist to be like yeah i'm tired like you're just supposed to do the work and be fine and just have a smile on your face and i'm like no i'm i'm exhausted like everybody else and i think that really goes into like the black the strong black woman sort of mm. misnomer of like we are not allowed to show pain and fatigue and going through all these other shakes it's like you're supposed to just be smiling and make everybody else comfortable i'm like no that's not it's not my my vibe i want you to be as as comfortable and tired as i am and do this work and especially like with the holidays coming up i mean recording today and it's almost halloween and i'm like i also posted the other day i'm like hi for all those of you about to go meet with your racist family members you can also (laughs) you can also book some consulting time with me because my phone and my dms will not be open for business (laughs) so there we
0: go Uh, just setting
1: and setting boundaries as a person in this work is just is is the amount of pushback i get with people of like Mm. well i really want you to do this i go i would love to do that however i'm not lowering this price (laughs) to accommodate you so right yeah and then like you're saying too sticking out like a sore thumb like especially like you and me like going to so many things and knowing so many people and being very Mm -hmm. connected and you know, it, it's I hate to say, but it's that old trope of like, quote, unquote, like sounding so white, so white and so privileged and you're know, very mm-hmm. articulate and all that, like highly educated people. I just am um, educated and I can yeah. speak and all that sort of crap that we have to like work through constantly. But I yeah. think it's also that like the palatability to white people to be like, oh, my God, like you spoke so well and I can like come have a conversation with you. I'm like, I will talk to you, but you're not going to emotionally dump on my doorstep and leave. Yes.
0: And that that is the big thing of like being that palpable black person for white people um, that really rubs me the wrong way. And especially after I call it the White Woman War of 2020, which was Dead. last year with all of the <laughs> Black Lives Matter protests. But that's something that I've really started to unpack last year, is like, you know, the people who have like come in contact with me. And I'm I'm saying all of this to say like. I don't want to come off as being like, I am not fortunate for like the experiences that I have afforded and all this, which I shouldn't have to say that. Absolutely. Yeah. um, You know, I do enjoy like a lot of the work that I do, but it is like really interesting when you start, you know, moving in certain circles around Austin and you're kind of looking at people like, hey, am I the only black person that, (laughs) that you like know and that you share community with? I'm not talking about Here's where it does not count. I'm not talking about your coworkers, okay? Cause you're kind of forced to be near your coworkers. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about your cousins, boyfriends, sisters, best friends, <laughs> dogs, husbands, whatever. No, no, no. I'm talking about like one sharing <laughs> a deep connection, a one-degree connection with a black person. And I started to notice that for like a lot of people, that wasn't the case. And I started to think, you know, well, why, like, why why is it me? Like, why do you feel comfortable around me? And it's like what you just said. Um, I speak a certain way you know I went to college I have a degree I have all this experience and so I definitely think that for a lot of white people even outside of Austin that I'm a very um, I'm a really easy pill to swallow Mm. when you first meet me which as you get to know me it turns out I'm not (laughs) preach
1: and I was thinking about this this morning when I was getting ready of like because mm-hmm. back to that that guy my friend's like what if you just like still go on a date with him I was like no because now I know his politics and I'm gonna bring it up if we <laughs> if we, like hang out one-on-one yeah. on one again like I yeah. can't ignore these things and I think it's because right. me as a person everyone I hang out with is like a direct representative of who I am like my grandma always says like you are the company you keep and I'm just very much like because mm, I, I went that through that last year too um, <laughs> the white woman war of, two, of 2020 Um, because I found that I wasn't, there are white women who I'm connected to because we have mutual friends. Not that we are friends and they know this. We have a mutual friend. Um, we are two degrees separated. Um, and that is done specifically because like, you're not about to be out here embarrassing me. Like, I can't like the name I've built for myself. You can't be out here looking wild. Um, And like, there's this one particular person I could think of. I'm not going to drop her name because I don't want to embarrass her, but she, I won't even say she, there were a number of, you know, Austin has a very large influencer community here, like Instagram influencers and the amount of, of them. And this isn't anything against them per se, um, especially because I'm like sort of breaking out into that space. Yeah. Um, But it was very interesting to me to see how many of them posted nothing. Or posted only to their stories, or said that they weren't posting because they didn't want to ruin the look of their feed. Posting the black square, which all of you post the black square, fine, sure, sure, if that <laughs> helps you sleep at night. But then you haven't donated to any black organizations, and mm-hmm. we know hollow again, Halloween's coming up. And if I see a white girl in Coa Rose, I'm gonna lose my shit. Oh no, um, it's gonna <laughs> happen, we know it's gonna happen anyway. I don't know, I just I feel like with Austin being such a white, thin city, it's just always Mm -hmm. so interesting. Like me again, black, queer, a woman who's not quote thin and the amount of black women who love me because I am so unapologetically myself and I'll just say whatever the fuck I want to say. And I do not care how it sits with people of like, I am palatable, but I'm also like you're saying, I'm going to push back and. I hope you get uncomfortable like I don't I don't want you to be around me just because you have to be like if you don't like me yeah please please tell me you don't like me I love that shit I don't have to like I don't have to fake it like if there's a clear drawn boundary of you do not like me that is fine I promise you I'm not gonna lose sleep over it I'm probably not even ever gonna think about you again and not to sound like a bitch that's just how I am like that's just how it is I just don't care I just truly honestly do not care um, and I think that's another reason why like I've been talking a lot lately about running for office in the next like two or three years mm-hmm. and and doing that sort of work of, you know, building name recognition. But then also like the fact that and this goes back to our original point of Texas having this idea that it's mostly either wealthy white people who are conservative wealthy, poor people who are conservative, but it's actually black and brown folks who make up the majority of Texas. But then you look at our representatives and it's 98 percent white, typically older. And, you know, there's a couple of people who are running for office now who I just I I get why they're running and I don't knock them for running, But it's also just like the amount the, how quickly like that new district got drawn and people announced and it's just like there wasn't even time for a person of color to really consider a run in, yeah. s- in specific areas and you know i thought about it for a second i was like oh maybe i'll like try this round like i haven't done no preparations running for congress <laughs> currently but i was just like but i also thought about it like i'm a black queer woman i know everybody you're sick of hearing it but here i am <laughs> black that's woman. who living, you are living in texas yeah. who actually gives a flying fuck about housing, immigration, universal health care, climate change, uh, abortion access, LGBTQA plus rights. I know I'm forgetting a bunch of other ones, but, you know, having all of this lived experience, having done all the work I've done in the last 15 years in social work and nonprofit work and volunteering and, you know, living in Texas for now almost six years of like, I know it's not going to be a cakewalk, but just to have someone else who isn't white and wealthy on the ballot and how much that would mean to people alone like right yeah it's just it's just so interesting thinking about like the default is white and wealthy and if you want to run for for office here and i'm also like but what what do we possibly have in common or how are you going to possibly represent me if you're
0: only focused on remaining white and wealthy and in your seat right and i think that's why a lot of people feel very like just disenfranchised by the whole political and like electoral process right we Mm -hmm. always you know talk about representation it's a really nuanced topic but when it comes down to it people want to see themselves reflected in leadership Mm. right because you know if i'm in a certain district and it's just white person after white person after white person white dude after white dude after white dude dude, getting elected to whatever seat that might be whether that's in a legislature or in congress and i don't see them making the progress that i need as a black woman in texas that's going to really frustrate me and i'm going to feel very jaded by all of it and maybe it's the point where i don't want to participate so Mm -hmm. i think for a lot of that it really just starts with investing in candidates of color investing in queer candidates investing in immigrant candidates because like you said if you're white and you're wealthy it's very very easy for you to run for office and i'm mm-hmm. telling the, telling you this from a place as someone who used to build political campaigns from the ground up a lot of like local campaigns here in travis county it gets you a hell of a lot farther if you have money so already the system is kind of right. rigged against you if you aren't wealthy or if you aren't white so yeah, I completely hear you on that and your frustration surrounding that. And I think that that's not just a, an Austin problem, right? I think it's a Texas problem. It's really a problem that's happening in every state at every level, trickling down from the federal government to the school board. Um, and when we talk about, you know, like white folks, you always get this question from white people well, what can I do or how can I show up? And you're. <laughs> I didn't Long even mean, you know I didn't mean that
1: eye roll. That was literally like unplanned. My body was my body's response. That was Go your ahead.
0: natural bodily response. Mm-hmm. But you often hear white folks asking these questions. And you know, for me, what I tell people is that it really starts at a local level. What are you doing to change the course to change a conversation on a local level so what that looks like as a white person if you are in austin and you're wondering oh how can i do x y or z put your money if you have disposable income if you have money why isn't your money going to candidates of color or mm-hmm. to queer candidates that's where you need to be putting your money and resources towards because when we want to see change it starts at a small level And a lot of people think that it's all about the big players in Washington and what Mm -hmm. they're doing and, you know, what they're saying and all that. And sure, absolutely. Congressional representatives have a lot of political power, and I get that. But (laughs) I don't think that you need to be throwing, you know, a thousand dollars at some congressional candidate who's probably going to win their seat when you could reallocate that money towards someone like Bree, running for office who might not have a lot of money and resources to do it independently and on their own. So yeah, that's, I'm on my soapbox now. Um, but (laughs) it's definitely something that I I get really passionate about. Um, is that,
1: yeah, no. And it's also like, to circle back to what you're saying about gatekeeping and it being very politics itself i feel like is very white and wealthy like even just mm-hmm. like you're saying to get into you have to have disposable income and i think about like the state rep job like it is six months so you make maybe 30k before taxes if i'm not mistaken yeah. so it's like who can afford to take a six month job for 3k in austin for 30k in austin number one right number two it's like it's also interesting to me like for congress you don't have to live in the district you're gonna run for no you don't which i'm like wait <laughs> what like how again how are you supposed to know what your conti- constituents want if you don't even live near them it's almost like oh it's just like a power play got it um and then also like how politics is so like i don't want to say ancestral but that's the only way i can look at it like it's very connected like it's a very close circle and yeah you know you'll have folks who are like who will call people and be like, "Hey, like I heard you want to run, but I know like this white dude wants to run, and if you run, like I know he'll lose. So can you like not run?" Like I have heard like this shit happening. Like, yeah, the the amount of what I like to call caucasity of people just feeling like they are the only answer, and uh, especially now, I think with you know, I, I feel like there was this huge resurgence in in the time I've been here to the last five years of just seeing so many of my friends get into politics run for office run campaigns um get really involved locally between you know city council and school board and commissions and you know all these different things because you're right it's local is going to affect you first because it's actually in where you live um but then also sort of feeling like but well also what does what do local politicians do because i mean we see this i listen to almost every single city council meeting because that's (laughs) my nerdiness (laughs) because i know what's happening i just need to know like i need to know what is happening so mackenzie kelly i do not trust you i don't know if you listen to this podcast but i do not trust you because for a number (laughs) of reasons and that's a whole different story Um, right right but the amount of white women on our city council terrifies (laughs) me like when we got rid of jimmy flanagan which i'm still not over jimmy flanagan got i saw him last night almost cried when he got voted out of his seat it's i love him um greg you know like we're all best friends greg is running might be might be running for congress which i would love to see greg win a congressional race i think he'd be fucking great in congress um but you know right now he's in district four and he's done great work in district four absolutely Um, mayor pro tem natasha killing it would love love for her would love for her to run could you imagine so could you goop and (laughs) gagged Natasha, (laughs) if you're listening, Natasha, hi, girl. If you want to just, you know, (laughs) I I will literally hand out lawn signs every single day. Um, and then you know we we lost Delia. She didn't die. She went to go be like county judge or whatever. Right, Delia. Yeah, that's right. Um, Yeah, and yeah, and so there's just you know those were always my top four on on council. Like I knew I could Mm. count on those four and. You know, I know people's races are coming up. I know our mayor can't run again. And I already have mm-hmm. a feeling of at least half the people who I know are going to run for council. I mean, for mayor are mostly white women who are on council right now and have been for a while. Kathy Tova, I'm looking at you. Staring at you, <laughs> Kathy. Um, I feel like they're all going to listen to this and like call me. Um, but, you know, I just I just want them to do better. And I, and I feel like I was talking to a friend, my friend Nathan yesterday about like the way it is so gatekept of like, how do you even find out what commissions are? How do you find out what precincts you're in? How, um, the way that, you know, we just got out of a legislative session, air quotes, because I feel like we're still in one every other week because the Texas Ledge hates us, um, the how hearings happen during the day or like at 3 a.m. when people who are, you know, service workers or hospitality workers have to be either at work or sleeping to go to work. Right. Like it's mm. very disenfranchise if you're not wealthy or can work from home or can take half a day or to have PTO like people can't go and give testimony and then it just doesn't it, you know it's just all these different ways that right. politics are just so gate kept from people who are not white and or wealthy
0: right? Yeah, I hear you. um and I think that's like a, also like a bigger <laughs> conversation um, because like you, I've also heard some rumors about you know, who is planning on running for mayor. Um, and it's it's something that I always, when, I, when white people always pose that question I mentioned earlier about, well, what do I do? How can I help? You know, you can give folks, this doesn't just apply to white people. If you have any kind of privilege, you can give folks a whole laundry list of things they can do.
1: Right. Donate
0: to this org, go to a protest, testify at a um, legislative committee hearing but the one thing that I notice that progressive white folks in particular have a really tough time understanding is giving up their power Um, and when you say that (laughs) when you say that that's when tables start shaking and people kind of you know they want to tussle because giving up power, it's an extremely difficult thing that nobody wants to do. And you can sit here and yep. say, oh, well, no, I, I wanna, I will, I will pass the mic. William. When it comes down to it, <laughs> we can be very selfish people. And when our systems and our policies were built on power, we, we look at that, we look at those systems and we see how power is rewarded naturally that's something that we want right Mm -hmm. and you know when I mentioned giving up power it does like rub people the wrong way but for me like that would look like that in practice would literally look like someone who if you were thinking about running for mayor right Mm -hmm. you have all this money you have some influence you know the power players in Austin Travis County in terms of like the political circles take a moment and step back and think I might be the right person for this job, but who else could also be the right person Mm -hmm. for this job? Right, because I'm not denying that you know fucking everything about Austin and you've been here for six, 10, 15 years. I know that you bring a lot of value to the position, but who else can you bring into the circle and who you can support with all that money that you have and all those connections that you have? You mentioned, you know, getting your foot in the door and knowing when certain meetings are or knowing when certain like democratic clubs meet and being a part of those clubs. A lot of people don't know that information because it's not really that public, right? Right. A lot of people don't understand how that kind of stuff works. And so I think giving up power is really important. And, you know, I think that we're going to keep running in circles until people understand that, you know, you have to give up a lot if you really want to see the progressive change that you're talking about yeah i
1: think that's like also a good point to bring up like i know we were mentioning when starting to play in this episode of like the broader political landscape ahead Mm -hmm. of 2022 especially i cannot believe it's already midterms i want to scream the way my brain actually my friends like yeah midterms i go shut your mouth like like they swore i mean like i'm like uh -uh." we don't say that we don't say that because it's like we have gubernatorial we have congress Mm -hmm. Austin the mayor, like it's just, we have so much, so much voting next year. Also, yeah. just want to give another caveat: check your voter registration like every month. Like if you're moving, Please. if you feel like you just moved, if you feel like something has changed, check it. I had a friend move here from Maine, and yesterday goes, "Can I vote?" I'm like, "Did you register 30 days ago?" They go, "No, I go then no." <laughs> so I'm so sorry, no, Texas is really big on voter suppression, so you cannot yes. vote um but yeah i would i would be interested in, in hearing about this broader political landscape because if you we all know my not husband but could be husband beto is probably gonna run for governor right which is fine i have feelings. yeah yeah but I, feelings i would take him over good old matt any day yes um and also abbott because he's the worst um but yeah, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just let you take it because I could babble about this.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, God, <laughs> I just I'm like have to take a deep breath because this is what I do in my day to day is, you know, always taking a look at the political landscape and figuring out you know what moves can we make, what moves don't we make? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that. When it comes to the midterms, I mean, Texas is in a really unique spot. And I think we've been in a unique spot for a while in the past few years, especially, you know, with Beto, running against Ted Cruz. I think that was definitely something where we saw a huge you know national swell of attention like focused mm-hmm. in on Texas. And especially like in the last few years that I've been here, um, I always just feel like <laughs> the amount of like DMs that I get from people like back home in North Carolina or just like people I've worked with all over who are always like what the hell is happening in texas don't it's know. really remarkable it's it's mm-hmm. wild the, the amount of focus on texas um i think for i think for the midterms i mean look like in the past <laughs> two months with the passage of sba i mean that has been extremely tough um for texas right um Can and you say what sba is for people who may not know um, yes. So SB 8 um, was a law that was officially um, put into effect on September 1st, which bans abortion after six weeks. So great, very bad. <laughs> <Chill>. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, just like little things. It's absolutely awful. Um, and so I think, you know, issues like abortion access issues, you know, like trans kids, I don't know, just having fucking support in schools, all of these things I feel like have been building and building and building up mm-hmm. over the years. And so we are at a point where, you know, people are looking at Texas and this is, we talked about this a little bit earlier about people who look at Texas and say like, you know, the state's a lost cause. What the hell are people like doing down there? Like those people are dumb, like they're stupid. And when I hear those kinds of conversations happening on a national level, I really, I get so irritated. Uh, Because a lot of the people who are being impacted by these harsh policies, being impacted by lack of abortion access, being impacted by a bunch of white cis men in legislature who say trans kids can't play whatever sports they want. um, We can't just write off everybody in the state, right? Because those people are being deeply impacted. Um, And so when it comes to the midterms, something that I'm looking forward to and my hope is that states on the outside, especially blue states who have a lot of privilege in a sense where they have blue elected leaders, that they can turn around and start investing in Texas. Mm-hmm. Because if we keep you know, seeing these electeds at the legislature and they keep getting elected and they keep, keep doing the same shit that they do all the time, we are not going to see the change that we need. And so I keep talking about investment, 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 because it really is a money thing. You know, running for office is a money thing. So I'm like all over the place right now. You're fine. Because I feel like this is such a broad topic to go into. Um, But no, I think that Texas is really like in a unique spot for 2022. And my hope is that people understand how important that investment is and how important it is not to just write off an entire state because of a few um, awful people. And do I have hope for 2022? I do to an extent, Um, (laughs) a small extent. I have a little bit of hope. Tentative Uh, hope. (laughs) Tentative hope. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. And yeah, we're just in a really unique time as well, like just as a country. I was like hearing, I was listening to something the other day about how this one reporter, who's been a reporter like for 35 40 years was saying how you know he thought that things were bad you know when HW mm-hmm. Bush was president he thought that things couldn't get more polarized than like those moments like in the late 80s and early 90s Yeah. and how here we are in this time where things are infinitely tragic. worse mm-hmm. absolutely tragic so it, yeah th- there's a lot going on and this is just my personal opinion you know i think that things are going to get very like uncomfortable and people are going to have to be uncomfortable. And I say the people who have to be uncomfortable. I'm talking about the people with privilege are going to have to be comfortable with getting uncomfortable if we want to see that progressive change, because change does not happen by just sitting on your ass and gatekeeping right. and gaslighting. Hmm. I'm done blabbering.
1: (laughs) No, that was not a blabber. Um, I think you're also right, too, about, you know, your investments. It's also the way this is strategic of like there's a cap on the amount of money you can donate to campaigns, too. Right. Like so that also keeps folks disenfranchised of like if there's a wealthy white person who can Mm -hmm. just fund their own campaign versus people who have to actually raise money to run for office. That's for sure a thing. And, you know, something I'm really interested in seeing here in Texas, because I think it's i I think a lot of folks don't realize that a lot of shit trickles out of texas so like if we'd look right now at like oh my god what was it called about teaching racism in school a critical race theory thank you um how so many folks are pissed off about critical race theory and it's like literally it's important that we teach this and we're not i don't understand why we have to cater to white tears i don't um, yeah. but then also seeing how like the California person who the California man who was running for governor who lost how a lot of his rhetoric was very similar to what was happening here. Like he wanted to pass an abortion access sort of legislation in California too, if he would have run. And so I just think a lot of people need to know that y'all may want to throw out Texas, but a lot of folks who are terrible people look to us for examples of how to make that shit pass. So I think people... Texas is a state you constantly have to pay attention to, even if you don't live here. Imagine Mm -hmm. living here. But then also, you know, I think you should also just very well be aware of what is happening. But I think that's also the question, too, of like you're saying the privilege, the people who are privileged who are living here. And, you know, it's not only white people. I don't want people to just think only white people are privileged. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's just, you know, if you're wealthy and privileged or in a position of privilege and you are you were able to make an impact in some way, shape, or form, I think you need to be paying very close attention to your local politics. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's why the women's rally that happened a couple of weeks ago, I didn't go, I was out of town, but, you Mm -hmm. know, I had a number of people message me and be really upset because I spoke last year and then being upset, like they didn't see many people of color. They mostly saw people who they believe are cis and hetero Um, Mm -hmm. speaking about abortion access and we all know that like abortion access affects all of us specifically lower income folks specifically folks of color Um, but how austin typically caters to white thin women Um, and i think that rally was a a a way of seeing that and again it's no shade i I understand I can understand why they did it. Like they had a lot of big name folks who have been doing Mm -hmm. this work for a while. Um, But I also want to push back and make it's lazy. It is so lazy to act like these are the only people who are around who are able to quote unquote, speak well to the, to the situation that is happening. So yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm interested in too, because I think a lot of people are so fed up and aren't willing to just advocate and, you know, roll over. I mean, we know that not to be that person but legitimately winter is coming and remember we (laughs) we remember the winter storm i mean Cruz fucking left us and tried to act like he didn't leave us but he did he did that man was on probably Mm -hmm. on a one-way flight um right and you know we're still on this shitty ass grid and we still don't have the infrastructure in place at all Mm -hmm. austin i think is still dealing with paying people um for apartments that are damaged from the storm like there's just all these things we need to be aware of and you know for folks again who are like oh my god texas like it's only winter it's like we aren't set up for this like we no have a we're we are a state that doesn't give a fuck about its residents right so i'm interested in seeing what happens politically too because like you're saying sb8 and all the stuff around trans kids that just passed and yeah i just i'm I'm ready for a shift but i think it's also people the people who have been doing this work just want other people to finally show up that's at least how i feel
0: yeah no definitely i think yeah to your point about like the women's march um and really just the broader conversation about abortion it's been in in wake of passage of sba especially you know there's been a lot of conversations about how we talk about abortion and who talks about abortion Mm -hmm. right and going back once again to like giving up power and being uncomfortable I cannot tell you just how many people I saw. And this was both like from me, like looking personally, but also like professionally at, you know, constantly being on social media and monitoring what people are talking about and how there was like a huge conversation, especially uh, particularly among white liberal women who were very upset over the fact that certain people in the abortion access movement wanted to stop saying, women who get abortions and move it to people who get abortions mm-hmm. because newsflash everybody it's not just women who get abortions okay let me say that again it's not just women who get abortions um and so even that this it shouldn't even been a discourse around that but it's just like things like that where it's like you know it really it costs zero dollars for you to just sit and listen to what someone is saying mm-hmm. and the fact that these women were so upset they were like well if we don't say women then we're like letting the men win what that's, i no, no. <laughs> that's not true that's not true um yeah so i hear definitely like your frustrations around that but once again it just goes back to giving up your seat are you actually listening are do you are you listening or are you just like saying that because it's cute to say mm-hmm. you're listening and learning i always like joke with that with my friends on um, hashtag listening and learning because that was like the go-to pr sentence last mm-hmm. year during um the uprising um but yeah it's just it's just minor things like that that just really kind of fresh frustrate me and i shouldn't really have to tell cis women um to include trans people in their movements like i feel like i'm we're just like past that i don't know why i keep having to like scream that into the void um but yeah it's just it's frustrating very frustrating deep breath <laughs> i had to take a sip of water because i was like i could really start rambling here no and
1: that is fine i i just feel like i don't know i think like this sort of resurgence is about to happen and i can't wait to see like Again, not to keep bringing him up, but Greg throwing in his hat for Congress and all the work he's done in this and just in Austin. I'm like, hi, we're so ready. Um, yeah. but then that makes me nervous of so like who's next? Like I <laughs> I know it's like very solvable, but there's there are a few people in politics who I actually quote unquote trust. Um mm-hmm. and that's locally even. Um, but yeah, I just I just constantly think of that too of like being for me specifically being able to watch Corey watch cory Bush out of um Missouri the last like year. Uh, yes. First of all, we just we don't deserve cory Bush. We really don't. If you're listening to this, I love you. She yes she might, she might hear this now. Um, <laughs> she might hear it. Um but yeah I just I think about that constantly too of just like the way that we the the shift in politics is coming. And I and I feel like with midterms you know i'm really honestly wondering if someone else is going to run for president or democrat
0: yeah is it, is it I, brain funny bring thing this up. Brain? Okay. No, no no because it's actually i was having this conversation with someone the other the other night at a political fundraising event uh <laughs> about you know if biden will run again in 2024 and that's just like i feel like my brain can't even compute that um mm-hmm. at all I don't think it really wants to but you know I, like, I don't are... think he will honestly I Go. yeah, I'm, um. I'm very I'm very like neutral I feel like I still need to to suss it out for myself um but I mean like there are certain people in politics where I'm like okay like Cori Bush phenomenal mm-hmm. um just doing amazing things. And for folks listen, listening, if you haven't watched Cory Bush's recent testimony where she shared her abortion story, mm-hmm. I highly suggest that you watch it, even if you are pro-abortion. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just a really great um, testimony. But I think that there is a shift coming, I hope. And, you know, what really kind of and this goes back to what I mentioned earlier about like young people, but I really do feel like we are really hitting up against a point right now politically where people are like finally realizing, okay, this system that we have been dealing with for the past Lord knows how many years, oh, turns out it's not working. Mm. So what are the, other- and I was having a conversation with someone about this the other night where they were talking about police, right, police departments and defining the police and, you know, how terrible that would be if we defined the police or if there were no police at all. And what I was telling the person, which I want to say this person does work in a police department, so their perspective is I don't excuse it, it, but Mm -hmm. it makes sense as to why they were saying these things. But for me, it's like, you know, we hit a point last summer where we literally saw a black man die on camera. Mm-hmm. It was being passed on the internet. The whole world saw it. And what I keep on just like stressing to people is the fact that we can't keep hitting these traumatic events and getting rightfully upset but then continuing to rely on the systems that got us to that Mm -hmm. traumatic event in the first place. And this is where it it goes back to being uncomfortable. Having these conversations about why why are police necessary in our community? That conversation, that topic makes a lot of people deeply uncomfortable and it makes Mm -hmm. them squirm in their seats when they think about it. But I think that we need to think bigger than that because we are at a point where we have the ability, y'all, to literally rip everything out and throw the shit away and rebuild something rebuild a system that doesn't create harm right that works to undo the harms that is caused on people we are in this place but people can just they're, they're so stuck on relying on these systems and this is just applied to democrats this is all across the aisle right mm-hmm. people are just like okay well we'll just like reform or like we'll do this one little thing like we'll give a little crumb and then after that we'll see what happens. Um, I need people to think bigger and think radically and don't let people tell you, Oh, that's too radical. You can't do that. I don't believe that. And so what my hope is, and this is obviously not going to happen in 2024, 2022, we're way too close, but my hope is that like, we really are about what we say and we really start dismantling these systems. Um, because I can't tell you how many times i saw white people post on their instagram dismantle white supremacy dismantle the patriarchy but y'all how are you practicing that in your day-to-day life how are you practicing that when it comes to local election elections and local politics because that's where the dismantling starts it doesn't start with you know screaming at joe biden about something which sure scream at him i i welcome that no 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 it, it starts with you got to start dismantling things at at a smaller level if you really want to see that change so once again rambling but i just yeah i just really i'm like y'all we have to just like people say this all the time like decolonize your mind which mm. sure um i i get it sure <laughs> i just like to see like a lot of like you know white people say it and it's like baby like you haven't decolonized like your dating life or Mm. your fucking like food palette like Mm. practice what you preach first before your your friend group please to my right um but yeah i just thinking radically is not it's not bad it's not a bad thing being uncomfortable is not a bad thing at all
1: i think that is a beautiful place to wrap because truly um i'll be sure to link everything in the show notes is there anything you want to plug before we do the final palette cleanser
0: question um anything i want to plug i mean you are here well, in these streets out here in these streets uh please donate to your local abortion fund i really do want to plug that abortion funds are doing incredible work they've been doing incredible work for literally decades but they especially need your money and support right now. So if you got $5, throw it at them. If you have 500, please throw it at them um, because they are working incredibly hard to provide people with the care that they need. Mm. Boom,
1: Boom. that's it. (laughs) (laughs) As you know, at the end of every episode, I like to do a final palate cleanser question. It's a two Uh parts. You get to pick which part you want to answer. But okay. the question is, what is the best advice you were ever given? Or what is a piece of advice you would give to your younger self?
0: You know, it's, it's always convenient that I just forget all the advice I've ever been given mm-hmm. over the course of my life. Absolutely. Um, so the piece of advice I would give my younger self. Probably... Something that my dad always says, which maybe this goes back to your first question. My dad always says, don't get too high with the highs and don't get too low with the lows. And it used to annoy me when he <laughs> would say that when I was younger, because I was like, what do you mean? But as an adult, um, I definitely have to tell myself that message all the time. That's something I would tell my younger self because, you know, I would always, if like one thing would happen to me where you know, someone thought that I was like different or I thought I would like say something that I thought was stupid and oh, like everybody hates me. And I would just get so low and down on myself for it. And I just wish I could like shake younger Sydney and be like, "Girl, girl, you are doing okay. Like do not get too low with it because you are doing a phenomenal job with yourself. And if only you could look to the future and see, like what Sydney in her mid-20s is doing now, you would be so proud. So that's what I would tell my younger self is just like, you know, don't get too wild up over the small things. Um, and just be kind to yourself, which I think still applies to adulthood. Mm-hmm. We're not really kind to ourselves at all. Um, Truly. So a lot of answers to that question, mm-hmm. but I would definitely take my my dad's advice. Hi, dad.
1: Hi, dad. <laughs> That is it for this week's episode of The Tea with Brie. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at The Tea with Brie. Send me an email at The Tea with Bree at gmail.com and visit the website at The tea with Bri podcast.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. A special thanks to Mama Duke for the theme music, and I will talk to y'all next week. Bye.